In nature, a wildfire is one of the most devastating natural forces. It burns hot and fast and leaves little behind but ash and char. Or so it seems. Very soon after the fire passes through the forest, life returns. Shrubs and weeds that clog the forest floor have burned away, leaving space for new trees, grasses, and flowers to emerge and flourish. Habitats are created, bringing new insects, birds, reptiles, and mammals. A cancer diagnosis can feel like a wildfire, our bodies becoming this new, fire-clarified landscape. For some, cancer changes utterly everything. For others, cancer brings greater clarity and purpose. And some of us are still searching for what life after a cancer diagnosis will look like. Welcome to The Burn. We are exploring stories of life and transformation following a breast cancer diagnosis. I'm April Stearns, the founder and editor of Wildfire Magazine and the host of this podcast. Today, we're going to hear a piece about a solo travel adventure to a cancer-related retreat met with roadblocks, snafus, and fiascos but ultimately some really deep healing. My guest today is Patty Duncan. Patty loves travel and describes herself as adventurous. She also loves animals, especially her cat, Charlie. Her favorite quote is from Suzanne Colasanti. Patty will have to tell me if I butchered that, but Suzanne says, it's unbelievable how you can affect someone else so deeply and never know. Following her diagnosis of HER2 positive breast cancer in 2016, Patty had a mastectomy with immediate reconstruction and completed 18 months of chemo and Herceptin. To date, she has had a total of seven surgeries related to her cancer. Patty is joining me today from her home in Ottawa, Ontario. Welcome to The Burn, Patty. Thank you. Thanks for being here. So you are reading a story that this always is kind of funny because we record so much sooner than we put these out. Um, our listeners are probably hearing this in November, but you and I are talking right after the travel and adventure issue came out, and you are one of the first people to be on the burn reading a story from the issue. And the story you're here to read today is called AKA Trouble, and I'm so excited about your story. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Thank you, April, and thank you so much for having me. Since being diagnosed with HER2 positive breast cancer, I've been on a journey that's been unpredictable, one that's had many speed bumps, lonely, dusty roads, and a lot of flat tires along the way. I've heard about cancer camps and retreats, but had never applied as most of the retreats were based out of the U.S. and I live in Canada. I was hesitant to apply, hoping it would not be another rejection life would throw at me. Who knew if I'd ever get in? I've always loved to travel and experience new adventures, but had never done it alone. I always had my partner book where we would stay and get the best deal on flights. And I knew that if something were to go wrong, he would always calm me down and take care of the situation. When I received the email indicating I was accepted to cancer camp, I was so excited, happy, and scared. I'd be flying by myself to a state I had never been to and would not know anyone. What was I thinking? I was instructed to arrive in Colorado by 2 p.m. My flight was booked and I only had one connection. I could do this. I remember waking up at 3 a.m. to the sound of my alarm going off. It was still dark outside. The wind was cold and the snowbanks tall. 
My husband drove me to the airport and we said goodbye, not knowing that I would have another life-changing experience. My flight was leaving from Ottawa to Toronto and then Toronto to Colorado. I arrived in Toronto only to find out that my flight was cancelled. I would need to change airlines and fly to JFK and then to Colorado. The soonest arrival time would be 4 p.m. I frantically looked for a name and number to inform the organization. The response was, are you sure you can't get an earlier flight? My answer was a simple no. I had to run and try and catch my connection. I remember running through the airport with my shoes in hand as I had to remove them to go through security. My arms were flying and I felt like I was on the amazing race. Out of breath, sweat running down my face as a hot flash decided this would now be a suitable time to happen. I reached customs looking like a frazzled, exhausted deer in headlights. The customs guard asked me where I was staying in Colorado. All I knew was it was called 7W Ranch, but was this even a suitable address? I decided to say I was going to cancer camp. The guard looked at me with compassion and told me I didn't look sick and that she hoped I would be okay. I wanted to cry as one stranger was showing compassion for another stranger diagnosed with cancer, a journey she may never travel, me wishing she would never hear the words, you have cancer. I arrived in Colorado at 4 p.m. A volunteer had waited two hours to drive me another three hours to the ranch. I quickly found my driver and was welcomed with a warm smile. I thought deep down he must be frustrated to have to drive three hours to the ranch and another three back in a snowstorm for someone he had never met. I had not eaten all day and was starving. Alone with a stranger trying to make small talk, I clearly demonstrated my lack of knowledge of U.S. history and geography. I had no idea where I was going. It was a snowstorm and there were signs on the way to the ranch indicating no cell service. I have watched many Dateline episodes and I wondered, did I make a mistake? Was it possible that I signed up for some kind of cult? Luckily, I arrived at a beautiful ranch. It was warm and a hot meal was delivered to me. Everyone was sitting around a fire and it was so peaceful. My new friend, the driver, delivered my suitcase to my room and I met my roommates. I was physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted. I just wanted to go to bed and not make small talk. I wanted to wake up and embrace this beautiful atmosphere. I was in the cabin with two other women I'd never met. I opened my suitcase only to find that the items weren't mine. My jaw dropped and I looked at my roommate and said, this is not my suitcase. I have no winter clothes, no underwear, no mittens, no toothbrush, no deodorant, nothing. I did not sign up for Survivor. What was I going to do? How do I now tell this warming group that I'm sorry, but not only was I late, I now also have no luggage. I went to one of the volunteers and told her the luggage was not mine. Not sure of the response I'd get, she smiled and said to me, not to worry about it, she would call and get this taken care of for me. Luckily, I had my luggage tag, boarding passes, and text messages from the airlines. As a fire was built in our room, I thought, this isn't the first time I've slept in my clothes. At least 
this was a legitimate reason. The next morning, I woke up to a text message from my credit card company, the only credit card I own. My credit card had been compromised and it was now placed on hold. You've got to be kidding me. I was the only Canadian showing up late with no clothes and now no money. There was a mixture of men and women in this group with a variety of cancer types and stages. We were not to be called by our first names, but by nicknames. Mine did not need much thought other than to be called trouble. All the campers stepped up to lend me winter gear, love, support, and even underwear. There was no judgment. This was a time I could not say no. I needed help. As humbling as it is to wear a pair of shorts and a tank top to a hot spring when everyone else is in a bathing suit, I did it. This was a trip of a lifetime, and I'd be damned if this was going to ruin it. I learned to play like a child again. I went snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, sledding, and to the hot springs. On our day excursion, everyone wanted to be in the vehicle that had the best tunes. I always wanted to be in Strikers. He had an amazing music playlist. Anyone that knows me well knows I love meeting celebrities. During one of our car conversations with Stryker, we were talking about what we enjoy in our free time and what we enjoy watching. Wednesday night, my husband and I watched Survivor. He looked at me in a weird way with a sparkle in his eye and asked me who was my favorite. I've been watching this show every year, so it was a no-brainer who I'd say, Ethan. He then said that he knows him personally, and then he called my idol on speakerphone. He didn't answer. But my stomach was in butterflies, and I thanked him for trying to call, and I appreciated his kindness. Later that day, I was on a mountain, snowshoeing, and I heard Stryker say, I have someone who wants to say hi. Knowing who it was, I rushed and face-planted in the snow, quickly got up and tried to adjust my hat and hair, running as the connection on his cell phone may die at any moment. I was able to FaceTime with this incredible inspiration and was on a celebrity high. I had the time of my life. I've learned that no journey is ever easy. There are bumps on the road, turbulence in the air, rainy days, and even storms. But when you can see a sunset or hear the waves crashing and feel the sand under your toes, be grateful. This retreat has shown me everyone's struggles. There's poverty, sickness, sadness, but beauty and peace can be found everywhere, in a smile, a hug, a delicious meal, a cozy bed, or an animal. Life is a journey, and no one knows when it will end. Live life to the fullest and appreciate everything you have. Be brave, explore, try new things, and live in the moment. Live life like there will never be another tomorrow. Remember, kindness is free, and there is no language barrier to show love and acceptance. Material items are exactly that. Memories are something that no one can buy. Travel the world and remember, everyone has baggage that can be left at the airport. I love that last line. Patty, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. What a great story. So we are going to take a quick break here. We'll hear from someone who's been through a workshop with me. And when we come back, we will dig deeper into Patty's story. Hi, friends. 
There is now a wildfire book in the world. It is a big, beautiful compilation of my favorite essays from Wildfire Magazine, spanning all the way back to our first ever issue in 2016, up to the summer of 2022. This book took years to create and is literally the resource I wish I had had when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. This book is called Igniting the Fire Within, and it's made up of 50 essays that really dig into the experience of having breast cancer in our 20s, 30s, and 40s. Every stage of breast cancer is represented from DCIS to stage four, from all sorts of walks of life from all around the world. Our writers go deep and get vulnerable to heal their own experiences and to let others like you know that you're not alone you will find yourself within these pages. Get Igniting the Fire Within, stories of healing, hope, and humor inside today's young breast cancer community on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle now. Curl up with it today. Hi, my name is Joe, and I was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 29 in 2018. I attended a wildfire writing workshop recently, and it was a fun, encouraging, and ultimately healing experience. Before finding wildfire, I was in a very conflicted mental state from the trauma of cancer treatment. Now I feel a bit more at peace with the hard road I've traveled and in a more accepting place with who I am today and how those tough life experiences have shaped me. I feel more wholesome and motivated to continue writing. So thank you so much, April, for offering these writing workshops. And to other young breast cancer survivors out there, I highly recommend you sign up. Thank you so much for the love, Joe. Thank you for that. Welcome back, Patty. And thank you again for your story, aka Trouble. Thank you for reading it to us. Thank you. So I have some questions for you. Um, This is a totally irrational question, but I find myself wondering if you ever did get your suitcase back. I did on the last day. You came to Colorado. Um, The driver, um, because I was flying a Canadian airline and switched to American airline, it was stuck in turmoil. And he spent four hours at the airport for me and got my suitcase. Um, but I got the last day. Wow. Yeah. And I can't help but think about this other person's bag that went on a little adventure without them as well. Did you happen to tuck a little note or anything in there when you sent it back on its way? When I opened it up, um, there was a phone number and a name and an address. And I actually called her and woke her up. and. She was so happy that I had her suitcase um, and it had a lot of her grandmother's belongings in it. So she wasn't upset at all. um, And she did get the suitcase a week later. One of the volunteers dropped it off at her house. Oh, my goodness. Was she a Coloradan then and it just had gone astray? Okay. That's correct. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I just love that you called her and it it does um, make me think of the end of your piece when you talk about that kindness doesn't cost anything and you can just take a moment, you know, and let someone feel a little bit at ease and, and that things are going to be okay. Uh, well, you had quite a trip, quite a fiasco um, that ultimately ended up well, but I want to ask you if the roadblocks that you experienced in any way mirrored some of your hesitation on going on this trip? Like, were you were you apprehensive about going on a cancer retreat? 
I was because I'd never traveled alone. Um, I didn't know if it would be like all a lot of emotions and crying and not fun. Um, I didn't know if the people would like me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if there would be other women that had breast cancer. So I was hesitant, but I was like, this is an opportunity to go to Colorado. And I don't think I would have ever have put it on my bucket list. And I was, I said, Let, let's do this. Yes. Well, I love that. I also love that you wondered what you had signed up for. You know, what what was this going to be like? And so looking back now, would you recommend cancer retreats to other people? Would you do something like that again? What was it like being in a group that had all experienced cancer? It was life-changing. You didn't even have to ask or explain anything. They just got it. Um, you could like my, my one roommate, it was really cute. Like she hardly had hair, but she was giving me a comb and she said like, she'd go home and just look at this comb and the toothbrush and she'd start laughing because it made her think of me. Um, and then the underwear that I borrowed, it was funny. We'd laugh. She'd say, well, I guess you're not going to get lucky tonight because it was like granny panties. Like, um, we were just having friend like, we were, ha- we were, yeah, it was normal. I can't explain mm-hmm. it, but we were with people that just got it and we still keep in touch. Um, a group have met in the States. I wasn't able to go that weekend, but we are planning on uh, doing a girl's trip next, next year uh, and all getting together, uh, the girls in the U.S. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. So, You know, I love that you wrote about this experience. Is writing about your adventures something you normally do, or was this something that you did um, in order to submit it to to Wildfire? Um, I'll be honest. I've done a lot of your workshops, which I love, and the travel part, it connected with me. And when you said, I've been to other workshops, I like the way you write, you gave me that extra little push to Mm -hmm. say, I want I want to I want to do this. So oh, I'm very grateful. Yeah, yeah. I'm very grateful. So I like to ask people um you know about the aftermath of publishing in Wildfire. So it's been out in the world for a couple of weeks now. The physical copies are starting to land in people's mailboxes as we talk. Are you having any kind of vulnerability uh, hangover after sharing your story or how do you feel about it being out in the world? I have no regrets whatsoever, and I'm honored that I was able to get something published, and it just shows how kindness can change the world, and sometimes being out of your comfort zone is a good thing. Yeah, Just go with the flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, like, how either this experience of this particular trip or maybe other trips that you've taken, but how the experience of travel and adventure has maybe played a part in your survivorship and in those lessons, you know, as you continue to move through life? I find um, with cancer, it's unpredictable. Um, You have anxiety when you're going for a scan or waiting for results. And it's the same with travel. At any point, your flight can be canceled. Your luggage can be lost. There's delays. Um, it can also be a cost thing with medication or if you need um, massage or physio, the same with travel. But I find travel 
if I can book a trip and I have something to look forward to, it gives me a lot of hope um, and encouragement that I, I can sort of let things that are going on behind the scenes, I can let that go because I know, say, in three months from now, I'm going to be on a beach or on a mountain or doing something that I love. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Is this something that you've kind of come to embrace? Have you always been a more kind of go with the flow traveler or did you kind of have to learn to let to let stress take a backseat? Oh, no, I, I I'm no, I, I this is not like me at all. So when I called my husband, he was like, I'm surprised you're so calm and you're not calling or crying and freaking out. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm safe. I'm with a good group of people. And it was really sweet on the way home because he he I was so good about this whole thing. He flew me first class home. So there would be no hiccups. I so love that. It was a win win. <laughs> Ah, that's so good. And I love just, you know, when we do finally learn that lesson of, okay, I'm already here, I'm already in it. So totally freaking out isn't going to help anything. And like you said, you were safe, you were surrounded by kind people. Nothing bad was going to happen that you couldn't roll with at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people listening to this will be able to relate to that, you know, best laid plans, not to mention that we've all had cancer, right, when we didn't plan it. But even just like the little hiccups, um, just last week, I had my credit card compromised right before going on a trip. I wasn't on the trip, fortunately, but it still, you know, threw a monkey wrench into my plans. And yeah, you can have a tantrum or you can take the steps to fix it, you know, and not take it personal. So I'm learning those lessons too. (laughs) Uh, I love it. So what's next on your travel list? Where do you want to go? I am leaving Friday for Italy. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I love myself. All by myself. I'm meeting another group, um, another cancer retreat, but I'm going for 10 days. I love that. So this um, this experience you had in Colorado, it sounds like it's opened the door of solo travel to you and cancer retreats. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. What part of Italy are you going to? Um, I'm arriving in Florence and we're spending two days in Florence and then we're going to Tuscany with a group and then we're going to see some small towns and we're going to do some wine tours and I'm really excited. One of the girls I met at a previous retreat, I told her about this one and we've kept in touch and she's going. So I'm like so ecstatic to see her. Oh, I love that. Well, I am going to wish you all the best for smooth travels. You don't need to have any more hiccups or snafus or anything like that, even though I know you'll roll with them if that happens. Um, But I would also encourage you to take a little notebook and maybe you'll do some travel writing on this one as well. Well, thank you so much, Patty. If people want to um, follow along, are you on social media? I am. Um, My Instagram account is at Patty Lee Duncan. And on Facebook, I'm Patty Duncan. Perfect. We will link to you. Those of you listening, you can find Patty's story in the brand new travel issue. That's our travel and adventure issue, our first ever. But I know we will be repeating this theme because so many fun stories came out of it. So you will find that in our archives. 
And I'm April Stearns. You have been listening to The Burn. The Burn's a production of Wildfire Magazine, where we share breast cancer stories from young people like you've never read or heard before. We also strive to inspire you to write your story like you've never written it before. Stay to the end for a writing prompt inspired by today's episode. Our producer is Bill Smith of Shoe Production, and our production assistant is Monica Haro. Want more on the life-changing transformation to be had from telling your breast cancer stories? Visit wildfirecommunity.org to find a copy of the issue shared in today's episode, to find our 40-plus issues in the Wildfire Archives, and to take a writing workshop with me. There's no place on the planet like a wildfire writing workshop, and I want you to experience it for yourself. Discover how to write your way back to yourself, write your way to reclaiming your body and your story. And don't forget to subscribe to The Burn and listen to it wherever you go. If you like what you hear, please take a moment and leave us a five-star review. I'd be forever grateful. All right, here is your writing prompt. I want you to set your timer for eight minutes, write without stopping or editing. The prompt is, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for this. Keep your hand moving, see what comes out and where it will take you. And if you find that you write best with a good writing prompt, there are many more that I've put together for you over at wildfirecommunity.org free. Head on over and get yours today. Happy writing. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take good care.